Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. That low-grade product, man. Live from the Hogs Meat Market Studios, this is Out of Bounds. We're looking forward to going to Ole Miss. Man, what a great offense they have. So many weapons. Starts with a quarterback, but certainly Jenkins is a wonderful running back. And, you know, they have two of them actually and defense is playing so much better this year and just a huge challenge for us great wide outs tight ends o-line's good huge challenge for us you know we're really looking forward to going over to oxford and, and playing with john neighbors every time you put a mic in my face i'm gonna say arkansas and joe franklin we won't go into shell we won't go into attack mode because that's what's required on 1037 the buzz Welcome in Out of Bounds here on 103.7 The Buzz. Appreciate everybody listening in on this beautiful day here in the great estate of Arkansas. John Neighbors, Kyle Sutherland in for Joe Franklin. So we broadcast live from the Hogsmeade Market Studios with you today. And thank you as always for making us a part of your afternoon this afternoon. It is going to be such an easy Friday show here on Out of Bounds. And we want to hear from you as we are going to preview everything happening in the upcoming sports weekend. You can call or text. At 501-661-1037. You can get after us in the Asher Record Live Fan Feedback. After me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors. And at 2 o'clock today, we're going to have Steve Sullivan on. Thanks to KATV for allowing us to talk with him. As we're not only going to preview a little bit about the Arkansas weekend and the sports weekend, but also the high school weekend, too. So always looking forward to catching up with old Steve Sullivan. And then in the 3 o'clock hour, around 3.30, our boy Chris Marler. Vern Funquist, as he goes by on Twitter. He's going to join us as we have some fun with the college football weekend. And it's going to be a great one for all the many, many different reasons. So we'll get to some previewing of that. We'll have some picks for the weekend. We'll get into some Bet Saracen uh, picks for the weekend, too. And we're going to keep it moving here throughout to the Easy Friday show and doing a little previewing of Arkansas and Ole Miss. Now, here's the thing. like We're going to go through some of the, the stuff that has been going on and will be going on, uh, not only for the game and, and previewing it, but one of the stuff, or one of the things I wanted to at least ask everybody who's listening in right now. I'm curious, because yesterday we did a Trash Talk Thursday, which was based solely on, all right, uh, what's, uh, what are you going to talk trash about with Ole Miss? Or, you know, what's, why do you hate Ole Miss? What are the reasons why you hate Ole Miss? You know, whatever it may be, uh, to, to check that out and, and to see... You know, what what goes on with people's minds as far as trash talk goes? Well, in this case, we're going to do something a little bit different because with Arkansas and Ole Miss, there's been so many great games between these teams. So I'm going to be curious to see and to hear what is your favorite Arkansas Ole Miss game of all time. There's a lot to choose from, let's be honest. There's a lot of great games that happened in this series, and I want to know what you think. You can do the 2001-7 overtime game. You talk about the Hunter Henry Heave in 2015. 2016 was really good. Last year's game was really good. Uh, the 2020 game was really good. Uh, so for a lot of different reasons, but yeah, go ahead and get on the conversation and let us know, uh, which game of yours was the favorites. And, uh, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's really hard for me to choose. I'd probably say the 2001 game itself because nobody had ever seen anything like that game at seven overtimes that no one had ever seen it. No one ever knew what anything it was like. No one knew like what even to do or how a team was continuing to go on into seven overtimes. And he had Matt Jones, Eli Manning, you know, just a lot of cool stuff for that game. But far the consequences go still my favorite thing ever that that 2015 Arkansas Ole Miss game because Arkansas having the Hunter Henry heave 
that is the sole reason that kept Ole Miss out from the SEC championship game for the first time. That, to me, makes me very happy and something that I enjoy. So there's a lot of different games that you can choose from and, and going into it as far as uh, who you, who, which game you like the most and why you liked it. Some people may like it because of it was just a great game, or maybe it was because you had a moment where you were there at the game, whatever it may be. But it is kind of funny to me, since Arkansas is going to Oxford this weekend, 6 o'clock game, I know people don't feel good about it. I don't feel good about it. But it is kind of ironic that some of, if not most, of the best games Arkansas and Ole Miss have had has been in Oxford. You know, there was the 2016 game, I guess, in, in Fayetteville, I believe. That one was pretty good. And, of course, last year's game was pretty good. But almost all of them have occurred over there in Oxford, uh, whether it's seven overtime games or the Hunter Henry, whatever it may be. The 2016 game, was that the one where Santos Ramirez and, yeah, and yeah. That, that, you can hear the ground shaking beneath your feet? Yeah, or, Joe Tess. Joe Tess had said, yeah, that was, that was definitely the one that's most memorable in Fayetteville. But I would say, obviously, you know, the Hunter Heave, I remember everything about that, really about that whole entire drive. But probably the 2000, I still had a bedtime during the 2001 <laughs> yeah. game. I think I was in fifth or sixth grade, so that yeah. was around the time that I was uh, still going to bed around 9, 9.30. Well, Saturday night, of course, my mom let me stay up late. And by the time I fell asleep, and I mm-hmm. woke up and thought it was still going, they were playing highlights the next day. So that 0-1 game, I think, since that was the first one of the first slobber knocker games that I've really ever seen, especially it being so long, that was quite a contest. Right there. Oh yeah, and again, like with that one, I think it was I don't remember who the main play caller was, but I remember Mike Golick was on like as one of the uh, color commentators, and he was just laughing about the ridiculousness of that game. And as crazy as that was. Kyle and everybody, like as crazy as that game was, what's even crazier is that Arkansas had that game in seven overtime game, seven overtime. The next year goes on the road to Tennessee and has a six overtime game, and then the next year goes on the road against Kentucky and had seven overtime game. Arkansas was doing seven overtime games before it was cool, you know, before that A and M LSU game, which I still it almost like chaps me that that was the game when the NCAA was like, we need to change these rules. The overtime, like no one got hurt in that game, and not only that, but. The amount of seven overtime games that have happened is there's three in yeah. the history of college in football. A three year span. Yes, like in a history of college football, that's it. There was no reason to change the overtime rules. I still will will die on that hill that they shouldn't have changed the overtime rules. It's not that it, it, it's terrible now, but gets, again, the likelihood of it extending to that point is very rare. But that's what made them so great is because of how rare it was. It was like, man, this is so much fun. Two teams going at it. And the, the team to make the mistake or to the flinch ends up losing the game. So that's what's disappointing is that we'll never see another game like those ever again. Because like, what was it last year, two years ago, when Penn State and Illinois went that to like nine, nine overtime? Like that? Yeah, I'm like, no, no. Doesn't even count. No, yeah. you, need to call, you need to call them something else in overtime periods if we're going to do that. Because if people will be like, oh, wow, Arkansas played in a seven overtime game, two seven overtime games. Wow, Penn State played a nine overtime game. Man, that must have been insane. No, it wasn't. It was like, like a nine overtime period takes about as long as a three overtime yeah, period. Yeah, a bunch of two took. point conversions, basically. Yeah, but that's what it's just a, a great microcosm of what this game is all about between Arkansas and Ole Miss. Craziness happens, insanity happens. You never know what to expect. You never know what's going to happen. You never know who's going to step up and have a great game. You just never know. And I don't see why this game in this regard. Won't be the same way. Because even last season, Arkansas and Ole Miss, Arkansas took care of business big time against Ole Miss. But what was weird is that that was the only game Arkansas blew out an opponent all season. They didn't do it against Missouri State. They didn't do it against Liberty. They didn't do it against any other SEC opponent. They didn't do it against Cincinnati. The one team that they blew out and just, it wasn't even close, was Ole Miss for whatever reason. It wasn't even like Ole Miss was a bad team. I think they finished 8-4 and four last year. So they were pretty good. And nobody would have expected that. Uh, I don't think anybody expected the game in 2020 in Fayetteville to have Matt Corral throw six interceptions in a game, <laughs> but he did. I don't think anyone expected in 2014 for Arkansas to have them in Fayetteville, and they beat them 30 to nothing. Skunked them. Where Bo Wallace and Omicron Treadwell was hurt, but mm-hmm. had Bo Wallace had some uh, really good players there, and they were still number eight in the country, and blanked them. So there's a lot of uncertainty in these games. You never know what to expect. But here's the thing, Kyle, is like, I believe that in this series, or at least in this particular game, the thing I am, if I was going to hold on to hope for something for Arkansas, if I was going to have some sort of level of optimism, if I was going to have something I could point to and say, well, if this happens, it'll be good, it's the fact 
that you have K.J. Jefferson at quarterback who's going to his home state in Mississippi, presumably for the last time to play a college football game in the state of Mississippi. And what he did against Ole Miss two years ago in Oxford, even though they lost, had six total touchdowns. We know what he did against Mississippi State uh, two years ago when he was at home. Whenever he plays those Mississippi schools, he shows out. And I'm hoping that in his finale in the state of Mississippi that if there's a way Arkansas can win, it's going to be because K.J. Jefferson has a game of his life. Well, and I told you when I came in that this to me, and a lot of people were talking about last week being the one that could turn the tide for the season, good or bad. And while there is some truth to that, to me, I feel like this is the one. Like you said, because of all the craziness that has happened, there's been some crazy games with A&M, but you've only came out on top of one of those in the last, what, 12 tries? Yeah, 11, 12 yeah. Tries. Don't remind but, me. Right, but against A&M, or against A&M, against Ole Miss, so that, that 2015 year, it's a little bit different scenarios because you were coming into that game on a two-game win streak, but you also started 2-3 and three that year, yep. 2015. So that's the thing for me is this right here is going to be really the measuring stick of like where do we go from here, good or bad. I think that a win really because it's going to be hard next week, obviously at Alabama. <laughs> yeah, not, regardless of not feeling good, right? If they're if they're a, a team like they typically are, which they're not this year, which I feel like they're kind of on that verge of turning the corner and getting things figured out, which right. sucks that Arkansas gets them right then. But this weekend is definitely going to tell a lot. Yeah, because to me. With the offense in Arkansas and how it struggled. Like right now, you're dead last in the SEC in total offense. Dead last. 14th. I would have never guessed in a billion years that Arkansas would be dead last this season in offense nearly halfway through the season, especially knowing that KJ Jefferson's been healthy. Well, and even with a banged up Rocket Sanders. Yes. Yes. Like it just being dead last is disgusting. You're only getting 342 yards of offense per game. We know Ole Miss is second in the conference, eighth overall at 517 yards per game. Forget all that. Here's the thing Arkansas's offense have been, has been abysmal. But Ole Miss's defense, their rush defense is 12th in the SEC, and their pass defense is 13th in the SEC, which comes to find out that if you combine them, total defense, they're actually 11th, which doesn't really make much sense because you're 12th and 13th. But anyway, it doesn't matter. What matters is, is that you as a team and an offense that has struggled, if you are going to perform well against somebody this season, Ole Miss is going to be the team you have to play good offense against. They are trash at defense. They can't stop anybody. They can't stop good quarterback play. They can't do it. Now, what's made them so good is their offense has been outscoring everybody, but their defense is atrocious. If Dan Enos, if K.J. Jefferson, if this offense, if they can't have any sort of success against Ole Miss's defense, it it ain't happening this year. It just is not going to happen this year. I don't see any other team that you'll go up against that you can say that the offense can get it together. not saying it'll be impossible, but you should look at this as like, hey, this is the time we can get our offense, our confidence back. We can start pushing some people around. We can start doing some things and showing our physicality and showing everybody that we are not a complete and total failure of an offensive team. This is the time. If you go out there and you score 20 points against this Ole Miss defense, this ain't, this ain't it. It's over. Like I, I may be you know, looking at it too far ahead, cause it, but six games in, you're no, two you're and right. four. Like, I, just, I just don't think, especially with Bama next on the schedule, that if you can't score against Ole Miss, you're not going to score against anybody. Yeah, you're exactly right. That's that's exactly the measuring stick there for, for me too. Is because just watching this Ole Miss team, and and like you said, it was it was like, our, I don't I guess it was maybe uh, in the even years, so maybe that doesn't bode well for us. But 2020, 2022, I, those might have been the two best performances under Pittman and yeah. there's like just overall yeah. game. So I think with with the whole deal with just having the the chance to. Really, by now, like you said, six games in, you should have everything pretty meshed. And now, yes, you have had the injury, have had the injuries at running back, but I do feel like that, especially uh, Rashad DeBinion, You know, he's really stepped up. Seems like he's going to be, you know, one of those that uh, becomes that really has stepped up in that backfield. You know, if, if something is to happen again to Rocket, Lord forbid. But yeah, yeah you've got to take advantage of this defense because it's by far. I mean, really, other than the two first two games, probably the worst one that you're going to play. Yeah, uh, rushing, passing, they're bad at all of it. So I don't care how you do it. I felt like, and I even talked about it yesterday, that if you can be an offense that can take advantage of that new rule in college football to where you can milk that clock and you get those first downs and you, you, you take your sweet and precious time, do it. Do it. Get the ball out of the hands of that Ole Miss offense. Because as much as I feel like the Arkansas defense has improved, which it has, 100%. In fact, I feel bad for them because they're the ones that's done their job. Right. It's the offense that hasn't. If the defense is going to go out there no matter what, Ole Miss is going to have success. They're going to score. But can the offense just have the ball long enough, have success to keep the defense fresh, to keep them off the field, and at least keep it in? Because I believe that if you hold Ole Miss, as stupid as this sounds, 
If you hold Ole Miss to under 40 points, I think Arkansas wins the game. I really do. If Arkansas holds them to under 40 points, because right now, if you're talking about scoring, they're averaging 45 points a game. If you hold them to under 40 points, Arkansas wins the game. But if you get three and outs and you have dumped, you know, turnover on downs because of the stupid fourth and short stuff, if you do that crap and Ole Miss takes advantage of it, this could be a boat race and it could be over very quickly. Yeah, they've just played behind the chains. Wait, I think D-Mac said it this morning on Morning Mayhem, just played behind the chains. That was something we talked about going into the game that you absolutely could not do against A&M, and they've done it in more games than that. Sadly, but truly. Um, we got a lot to get to today. We can work through some of these phone calls real quick before we take a break. Let's start off with David. What's up, David? Hey, guys. What's up, man? Uh, I just want, want to say that in my 68 years, if, if I've learned anything, it's that criticism is one of the easiest things you can do. It's a little sure. bit cowardly because you are not in the situation. Someone else was. And Razorback fans have taken a lot of heat in the last two or three weeks because a lot of them have just been belligerent. You know, and I understand I understand that. A lot of people are belligerent at a lot of things they talk about. Mm-hmm. But I also understand where they're coming from, but some things shouldn't have been said, like personal attacks and things like that. There's, there's no place for that. Mm-hmm. But if you'll give me just a second, I want to, in defense of some of these people, I want to tell you some things that Razorback, former Razorback players have said on this station, okay. because I'm a regular listener. About three weeks ago, Mr. Sterner, who we all dearly love, said, I have not seen one blankety-blank thing, and you know Sterner, that makes me think our defensive backs are any blankety-blank better than they have been in the last five years. They just got beat deep three times. And the only reason it wasn't three touchdowns is because they didn't have a quarterback to get them the ball. And you know exactly which game he was talking about. And then uh, Bruce James says, well, what did we expect? Dan Enos has not been able to keep a job anywhere he's been, so what did we think we were getting? And I thought that was a little harsh. Dan Hampton said, listen, guys, he said, I have sat in on defensive game plans, game planning for the particular offense that we were going to face that day. And then at halftime, if the uh, they're playing, uh, uh, calling some pass plays that we weren't expecting, they're working the middle of the field, uh, and we were expecting them to work the edges, he said, we adjusted. He said, this season, I have not seen anything from the offensive side of the ball that made me identify any particular game plan to attack the defense that was going against us at that particular time. Nothing but a bunch of haphazard play calls. And I understood exactly what he was talking about, and he was qualified to make that statement. Okay. Uh, uh, Mike Irwin said it's time for Hunter Yurichek to make a decision. Does he want football to be like Mike Anderson basketball, or does he want it to be to the point where our Razorback basketball and baseball teams are, and he okay. has some decisions to make. And okay. he was he made no 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 bones about it. And then this morning again, Mr. Hampton, they asked him one of the best lines I have heard in a long time. I spit my coffee out dropping off my grandson at school. They asked him uh, what he thought about rearranging the offensive line. Mm-hmm. He said, "I'll tell you what I think about it." He said, "That's about like." rearranging the deck chairs on the Titan mm. and I almost spit my coffee out because I, I don't know if he'd been uh, uh, practicing that line or what. I don't know, but that was a good one. But I'd just like to say this thing has fallen apart for uh, Coach Pittman, and I hate it so bad because I really, really am fond of the guy. Mm. But uh, this particular season has been one of the worst coaching jobs I have ever seen on the Razorback team. And I don't know if anybody could dispute that very much. The timeouts you wasted, uh, the, the crazy fourth down calls, my goodness. Yeah. It's, it's not been good, so all this blame is not on the player. No, I agree. Hey, David, appreciate the phone call, man. Uh, we do got to run, but yeah, I, I got a lot to say in response to you. But uh, we're going to keep it moving here on an easy Friday show. If you want in on the conversation, folks, 501-661-1037 is that number to call or text in. We're going to have some fun. We're going to have some uh, great conversation, I am sure. And I'm sure there will be everybody's going to be positive and happy and optimistic getting into the weekend because that's what you do as Razorback fans. But we will t- continue it on here on Out of Bounds on Easy Friday Show, so stay with us. Love me loud. Next.
Registration is open for the 2023-1037 The Buzz Fall Golf Tournament Tuesday, October 10th at the Burns Park Golf Course presented by Tito's Handmade Vodka. This is Sports Center. Arkansas will take on 16th ranked Ole Miss in Oxford tomorrow. The kickoff set for 6:30. TV coverage will be on ESPN. Radio coverage can be heard on the Buzz. It'll start at 2:30 with the Hogwild pregame show with Trey Shap and David Basil, thanks to Mud Connections. Stay tuned afterwards for the first security fifth quarter postgame show with Randy Rainwater, Marcus Elliott, and Trey Shap. Arkansas State will take on Troy at 3. Coverage for that game can be heard on 106.7 Buzz 2. And Central Arkansas will host Southeast Missouri State in Conway with kickoff set for 4. Coverage for that game can be heard starting at 3 on the point .94.1. I'm Christian Weaver with the Buzz Radio Network. Edwards Food Giant presents Razorback Baseball color analyst and Drop Time Sports co-host Rick Schaefer every Tuesday morning on Morning Mayhem. Rick will share his special take on Razorback sports with the guys each week. Edwards Food Giant, the meat people, the only stop you'll ever have to make for your family's groceries. Greatness doesn't happen overnight. It takes time, focus, and dedication. At Shelter Insurance, we understand that because we put in the hard work and dedication for decades. And that commitment has paid off with award-winning customer service for your auto, home, and life insurance. See Shelter Agent Paul Killingsworth in Cabot, Jonathan Stone in Lone Oak, or Stephen Reeser in Jacksonville today. Stacked Commercial Truck and Trailer has five service trucks available providing you on-site service to get you back on the road. If that doesn't do it, Stacked has a new state-of-the-art 13-bay shop for service and repair on all Class A trucks, trailers, RVs, light and medium-duty commercial vehicles, tires, brakes, AC, engine repair, transmissions, differentials, and driveline repair. Stacked commercial truck and trailer repair. Get stacked two miles off 530 exit 34 in Whitehall. If you are looking for a safe and loving home for you or your loved one, visit Heartland Rehabilitation and Care Center. Just 15 minutes from Little Rock and Benton, our skilled nursing staff is dedicated to providing quality long-term care and short-term therapy. Visit heartlandrehabcenter.com. You can call Heartland home. Brett Michaels, Party Gras 2023. Saturday, December 30th, Oaklawn Racing Casino Resort Event Center. From over 50 million albums sold comes the Poison Hits and Solo Hits Live. Brett Michaels, Party Gras 2023. Tickets on sale now at oaklawn.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Justin Anchor reminding you that if you want the job done right, then don't stress. Just go with the best. CertiPro Painters is your go-to painting company. You can get your free estimate scheduled at CertiPro.com. That's Certa with a C. Each CertiPro Painters business is independently owned and operated. People who are going to be responsible and people who are going to be accountable to you and your family to make sure your project gets done right. So if you've been thinking about sprucing up your home or business for the fall season that is almost upon us, you need to get CertiPro on the case. Use the company that I've used many times over over the years. It is Serta Pro Painters. You'll be happy you did. The Big Game is brought to you by Pulaski County's only Buick GMC dealer. Guadney Buick GMC. Shop the latest GM has to offer. Encore, Terrain, Yukon, or the most advanced tailgating machine in the business. GMC Sierra. Give us a call. 945-4444 or shop us online GuadneyBuickGMC.com. 5700 Landers Road in North Little Rock. GMC. We are professional grade. Guadney for Buick. Guadney for GMC. Guadney for life. Mud Connections presents the Hogwild pregame show with David Basil and Trey Schatt before each Arkansas Razorback football game four hours before kickoff. Hogwild pregame show is brought to you in part by Rainwater Holton Sexton, Bud Light, and the Holiday Inn Express and Suites off Weddington and Fayetteville. Make it the event that everyone wants to attend by getting your meat for tailgates, parties, or just family get-togethers at Hogs Meat Market. Hogs Meat Market. The Steak People. You're listening to Out of Bounds with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. I gotta ask, because I've always wondered, why did that happen in Fayetteville, Arkansas? What what took you there? It's just visiting, so weird. It's visiting just, friends, uh, okay. but yeah, Dixon Street. Dixon Street. <laughs> yeah, Dixon yeah. Street was. Uh, it'll get you on 103.7 The Buzz. Right about now, the funk soul brother. Check it out now, the funk soul brother. Right about now. 
funk soul brother Check it out now The funk soul brother Right about now The funk soul brother Check it out now The funk soul brother Right about now The funk soul brother Right about now Set of bounds here on an easy Friday show. John Neighbors, Kyle Sutherland, broadcasting live from the Hogsmeade Market Studios. And we're going to continue to talk about Arkansas and Ole Miss. And uh, I know we were up against it, but we had David call in. And you know, one of the points that he brought up about uh, Arkansas and about the Ole Miss offense and going up against Arkansas's defense and Arkansas's offense going up against the Ole Miss defense has just been, you know, with Pittman itself. And Kyle, I know we were talking about this during the commercial break. Of, uh, you know, when he was brought in and, you know, I, I guess I don't I don't remember. I don't want to put words in David's mouth, but uh, I think he said that it's either not a failure. Well, he, did he say it was a failure or like, well, I want to make sure he, he I get it right. He was out, of course, the, you know, previous Razorbacks and Arkansas media members that were saying various yeah. things about the team. And one of the ones that he pointed out was Hunter Juracek mentioning that this it's, he's got to make a decision, basically, whether it wants to be Mike Anderson right. type basketball, you know, all that. And basically what he's meaning is, is do we want to basically stay stagnant, I think. is And again, I don't want to put words in his right. mouth either, but I think that's what he was saying. Okay. And to me, it's it, like with we're asking these questions a lot, and a lot of it is because it goes from nine win, wins to six wins, and you know things are not going well this year. And I don't want to sound extremely soft in this, but what did we really expect Sam Pittman to do mm-hmm. when he took over? We were basically saying we just need to get someone to get the program to be respectable again. Now, of course, yes, I want to win SEC championships. I want to win right. national championships like everybody else. But this whole thing of comparing him to to, to Prime should have been hired and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, that's the same. My whole deal about it is, you know, the, the reality is the guy's won nine games. Yep. He's, he's shown that now. You can say that it was because of Barry Odom or Traylon Burks or all this stuff, but that's the thing is I guess what I'm getting at to, to summarize it all up is what, how far did we really expect him to take this team? Yeah, I guess to me, with because uh, I, I agree to that to an extent. I think it's just also like what has happened under Sam, Sam Pittman's tenure. Sure. When you went from nine wins, like that second year you had nine wins. And I am not saying that, oh, that's what Razorback fans expected from here on out. But when you go from nine wins to seven wins, and now it's looking like you're going to be fighting for even a bowl appearance, that's where the problem comes into play, Mm. especially since K.J. Jefferson has been your quarterback during that tenure. And I think that when a coach is at a program no matter what, People expect you to not, especially taking over the program when he did. They didn't expect, or at least I don't think anyone expected Sam Pittman to do what he did in year two. Yeah. I don't think anyone did. But when he did, suddenly it's like, okay, now that you got the recruiting seems to be improving a lot, which it has. The sure. recruiting's been solid. You've gotten some big players out of the portal. And also, this year, the SEC West is not what it's been. And there's not a, just a dominant team in it. People are like, this should have been the year. This should have been the year where... Not that you'd go in and win 10 games, even. Mm-hmm. But this should have been the year that you can replicate an eight-win season. And it's not been because of the other teams just being flat-out, overpowerful, overwhelming, just better than you. Even though, I, I would say, you know, LSU's more talented, a and is more talented, and all that. But people look back at the games that have gone down and said, you know what, coaching has been the problem. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the penalties have been problems. The uh, fourth-down calls have been problems. The inconsistencies. And the offense itself, that's been problematic. So... I believe it's more about fans seeing it as how it's gone. Yeah. And instead of, like, if you built up to nine wins, everyone would be on board. Because yeah, I feel like in year two, because it went, what, three and seven in year one. Yes. With the co- crazy Playing COVID the SEC year. schedule. Yeah. Right. I think in year two, if they would have gone six and six. And then in year three, six and six, seven and five. Sure. And then this year, they take the next step. People would be a little bit more accepting because of where the trajectory is going. Yeah. But because of that second year, and where it was at the top of the top of the top, at least the top of you've been in 10 years, and now it's gone down, that's why I feel like it's making it worse on Sam Pittman. And right it's now. the fact that the the biggest struggle is his biggest strength. Exactly. I, I think so. That, I get all that for yeah, sure. Yeah. It's just a matter of it, you know, with the Eurocheck angle and all that. I don't know what Eurocheck has in store. I have no idea. I don't know where his mind's at or anything. That's up to 100 Eurocheck. I trust what he's going to do no matter what. But it comes down to this with, with Sam Pittman. This is year four. It needs to be better than this. We all agree. But. Your check's not stupid to where he's not going to make a move on Sam Pittman or, or anything like that and say, all right, now let's try to figure out who we're going to get. He will only, only, at least he should, and I think he's proven it, only make a move if he knows that he's got somebody for sure that's going to be here, that's going to be better, and that's going to take it to another level. I, I think your check deserves that, uh, that type of credit. Uh, all right, we've got a bunch of people calling in. Let's try to work through it. Savage is on the line. What's up, Savage? 
Well, fellas, as far as Sam Pittman goes, I mean, we were given this expectation, you know, coming out of, you know, practice, you know, before the season even started on KJ, the running backs, it was supposed to be elite, and then there's nothing coming out of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, zero, but you're averaging, what, less than, I don't even know how many yards. I mean, it's pathetic. So, I mean, just the expectation of it just let everybody down Yeah. to this point. And as far as hating Ole Miss, I hated Peyton Manning. So it just leached on to his brother. <laughs> I hated him from that point. You know, just... Really? I don't care nothing about it. Yeah, Can I, I mean, ask why you hate Peyton Manning? I'm curious, because I don't know many people that do. Why do you hate him? Just the, the rivalry, you know, between, back then between them and Arkansas. Yeah. You I mean, know, we lost four games to Peyton Manning. You know, just... Yeah, which was crazy, like too, losing. Savage. It was crazy, because that was back during time when Arkansas played them, through, like, Four years in a row, yeah, like almost beat him in '97 in yeah. Little Rock. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's kind of a, a whole different animal when you know you think back to where oh South Carolina's the permanent East opponent. Like Tennessee and Arkansas should have been more of a rival. I think those were great games in the '90s and the early 2000s. I wish that would have stayed I permanent. Arkansas, yeah, I think yeah, I think Arkansas's best when they play Tennessee and they play Memphis in basketball. Yeah, I agree. I think those should be a, a yearly thing. But you know, as far as uh, memory, as far as the game for me is. The old Miss game with uh, Matt Jones because you had the mm-hmm. grainy. Nobody knows about Jefferson Pilot anymore, but hmm. oh, you know, yeah. watch that game on Jefferson Pilot and he gets that dunk. You know his last game against Old Miss is pretty sweet. Oh, that's yeah, a great I appreciate one. Appreciate time. I'm gonna get off there. All right, appreciate that. Yeah, that was a great one too. Speaking of Je- Jefferson Pilot Sports, that was my me and my friends talk about the nostalgia there. The three Daves on the broadcast, and nothing got me more hyped than hearing Dave Baker on the sidelines of uh, and there in Knoxville in like a director's chair. With his hair, little hair blowing in the wind, just yelling at me about the the game coming there between Tennessee and Vanderbilt, because had like that cheesy like music in the start, just be like they're coming down to Knoxville for Vanderbilt, the Commodores from Nashville, like just man, I miss those I, days. I think the last great, if I remember correctly, the last great highlight from Jefferson Pilot Sports as it relates to the Razorbacks was Matt Jones dunking. Yep. that was one of the last ones, if not the. Yeah, because that was at 05? That was 04. 04. I was actually at right. that game. Yeah, I, I was, somehow we scored I was there too. really low. Like, I was really close to it, so I actually got to see it in live time as opposed to the grainy picture. Yeah, man, those were good times. I got to, I was at that game, too, and yeah, it's we were not good. Then, but that no, was a good no, it was a five and six they went that year. But yeah, definitely. Well, uh, let's go, Chuck. What's up, Chuck? What's up, y'all? What's up, man? All right, calling about the about the Pittman thing. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't want to get rid of Pittman. I think Pittman's the right guy. Pittman, people want to come play for Pittman because he is he is a uh, a nice guy and he's a motivator and he's a good recruiter, and that's what Houston Nut was. And if you think about Houston Nut. Houston not took over uh, somebody else's players, and they did great. But then when it was left up to Houston Nuts play calling, mm-hmm. we didn't really know what we had because because after the Sterner years ended, well, then we started the Matt Jones year where the best yep. plays he called were broken plays, and yep. it was just Matt Jones making chicken salad, chicken whatever. Um, and then after that, we had Malzon calling. The, I mean, the best year we've ever had under uh, under Houston Nut, he wasn't calling the play. Yep. So, uh, you know, but Houston was a good recruiter. He was a good motivator. He got people fired up. That's the same thing Pittman does. But Pittman needs an enforcer underneath him. Defense is not the problem. I know Sterner has his opinions, but we went from like 113th to 47th. Now, 47th isn't great, but we have, but our defense is far better than it was last year. Yeah, Chuck. And first um, off, like so, you, you are like I could not agree with you more. Like you may have made my points like completely like as as better as I as good as I could have made it. And to your point about pass defense, I didn't hear Sterner. And you know, like Sterner can say whatever he wants, but the pass defense for Arkansas right now is eighth in the SEC. It's middle of the pack, and that's after going up against LSU, who has without question the best passing offense in the SEC. And if anybody looks at Arkansas's defense and says that it's not improved, they just don't know football or they're they're not paying attention. I'm sorry. Like you can say what you want. But the defense, even most of the numbers and the plays that they've given up, or at least the drives and the scoring, so much of that has to do because of the offense putting them in a bad position. So I'm not saying the defense is great or elite, but to say it's not improved or to say it's not better is just ludicrous. That's that's an asinine. It, it, it's good enough to keep us in games exactly. in the SEC West, which is amazing. Exactly. Now what I will say, and Coach Kelly made a really good point, is that Every team is going to have deficiencies at some point. Sometimes you don't have the running game you expect to have, so you have to do flare passes and stuff like that to kind of artificially create a running game. Sometimes you don't have the offensive line you thought you were going to have, so you have to, you have to call your plays based on what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses, what do you need to do to put your good players in the best position to win, 
and Coach Kelly's sitting there talking about it like off the hip. Like, yeah, you go, you know, two on each side and you, you know, misdirection and, and you know, shorter shorter pass plays, no more five and seven step drops. The ball needs to come out quick. And, uh, and he's like talking about it like it's like everyone in the world <laughs> should know it. Yeah. And it did make a lot of sense. But Dan Enos, it's like he's sticking to his guns thinking he's going to create this drop back passer when, we, when that, I mean, Dan Enos is the problem. Yeah. And, you know, I don't necessarily think it's that his uh, short tenure at places is necessarily the mark of a bad guy. He does keep getting hired. Right. So I think given the right circumstances, he, he can be successful. Yeah. But he is not doing, he is not driving this place far correctly. Yeah. No, I agree, Chuck. And a great call. Appreciate you calling in. Could not agree more. That, that's the problem. I talked about it yesterday, too, with Dan Enos. I, I was hyped. I was hyped about Dan Enos coming in. Uh, we had Austin Allen, who, who played under Dan Enos, come on the show the next day and say how excited he was because of Enos and the way he helped in developing quarterbacks. He's like, I, I would. He's like, he did so many things to my game and to my brother's game with Brandon. Mm-hmm. He's like, he loved the man, and I was, I was all in. And I'm not saying Austin Allen was wrong, but then I go back and I start thinking about, it. I was, you know what? I was like, I think just, and this is me, not speaking for everybody. My whole thing was, is I'm like, I was excited about the development that he could give K.J. Jefferson as a quarterback because that's what he has done. That's what he does do. But because of that, I may have overlooked the play calling, overlooked well, the decision-making. You also didn't know that they were going to give up seven sacks and 15 yeah. tackles for loss in a game. Yeah, so it's like, you know, I was hyped about him, and I still think there's some merit to him. But seeing what we've seen so far... It's not been good, and I'm, I'll, I'll take responsibility for it. I Again, I was hyped about his development of what he could do for KJ, but that was under the assumption that the offense would at least be able to, as an offense coordinator, it's for you to go out there and see what you got in your strengths and then develop an offense around that. And for whatever reason, it hasn't done that. And people bring up 2015, because I brought up 2015 when that offense was incredible. As I've said before, and I'll say it again, the reason that offense worked under Danny Enos, I feel like more so than anything, is because... Not only did you have Brandon Allen, you had Alex Collins, you had uh, some good wide receivers, Hunter Henry, all of that. But what did you have that this year's team does not have at all? Great great offensive line. line. You had three bona fide NFL players on an offensive line with Dan Skipper, uh, Frank Ragnall, Denver Kirkland, Sebastian Tretola. Like you had four all-SEC caliber offensive linemen. Even Mitch Smothers, the center, was, was really good. good. That's what was able to help you overcome that. There is not anybody, and I'm not hating on anyone on the offensive line, I'm just being, being real. They don't have anybody that's close to that talent right now. And I think that that covered up a lot. Uh, real quick, before we take a commercial break, let's get Brent Stuttgart. What's up, Brent? You wouldn't know you'd give me the last two minutes, John, because I was wanting to give a big shout-out to a coaches in the mouth alum, Kyle Sutherland there. <laughs> uh, uh, but I'm going to just tell you, I went, to my, I went to my therapist Tuesday, and I got on the couch, and, I try, and, I, and he said, let it all out. And I just let it out. I said, you don't want it all out. He said, oh, yeah, I do. And I was feeling better about this game tomorrow. But as I get into the week, I feel worse and worse <laughs> about it. And what concerns me the most is that we got an offensive coordinator that's answering emails. Come on, Dan, have a thicker skin. <laughs> I mean... Why, why would you do such as? Why would you do something as stupid as that, Brent? Brent I'll take your answer. Yeah, Brent. We appreciate the phone call as always, and that is a perfect segue because I want to bring that up on the other side. I have some pretty strong opinions on this. For those of you who don't know uh, about Dan Enos being confirmed that he was sending, he was responding to emails that a student was sending to him about his play calling and everything after the AM game. Thought it was a joke and ended up being real. It was actually him. So we will talk about that, or at least I'll respond to it on the other side of the break here on an Easy Friday show. So stay with us here on Out of Bounds. I know the last three years people have got accustomed to paying sticker price for a brand new vehicle. Well, it's not that way anymore at Red River Ram. If you're looking for a new Ram truck, we've got heavy-duty four-wheel drive trucks starting at $49.5 or up to $12,000 off sticker price for a Cummins diesel. And we've got $11,000 off Ram 1500 Bighorn four-wheel drive trucks. If you want the best selection and the best buying experience, make that beautiful drive right here to Heber Springs. Now during Ram Power Days. Hi, I'm Rick Pennington of Lions Drug. We have great news. Generic Cialis is now available at a huge savings. 
We have Tadalafil, the FDA-approved generic of Cialis, in a 20-milligram tablet at a savings of up to 80%. We have the 5-milligram daily tablets for less than $3 a pill. Lion's Drug continues to be your go-to pharmacy for men's health. What are you waiting for? Call us today at 844-676-2247 or go to our website at lionsdrug.com. This is David Dunn with Central Arkansas Truck and Trailer. Do you own or operate Max, Volvos, Freightliners, Kenworths, Peterbilts, or international trucks? We can offer you the same dealership-level computer diagnostics with highly trained and professional mechanics without dealership wait times and cost. Whether you're a municipality, fleet, or small business with one truck, come see why our customers have made us the highest-rated independent repair shop in Arkansas. Central Arkansas Truck and Trailer. Take exit 7 on I-440 or call 568-2185. What's holding you back from learning the language you've always wanted to know? Too hard. Takes too long. Not with Babbel. Babbel's lessons take just 15 minutes a day. 15 minutes isn't long. Nope. And they're fun. So you don't realize you're learning a language, but you are. In three weeks, you're able to start having conversations. And Babbel's lessons are built around real life. And with Babbel, it isn't hard. It's It's perfect. perfect. Now try Babbel free. Just go to Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Do you hear that? Asthma triggers are everywhere. From dust mites, pet dander, and pollen, to smog and smoke, an asthma attack can strike anywhere, anytime. Be prepared with quick-acting Primatine Mist. Clinically proven to open airways quickly. It's the number one FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over-the-counter. Primatine Mist. Breathe easy again. Use as directed. A motorcycle seems pretty simple. It has one engine, two wheels, and plenty of attitude. But you crash one of these babies, and things get complicated quick. That's when you need these guys. At Rainwater Holton Section, we keep it simple. When the insurance company tries to pay you less, we fight to get you more. No hassle, no confusing legal terms, and no fee unless we get money for you. Keep it simple. Call Rainwater, Holt, and Sexton. Motorcycle crash anywhere in the state. Dial 888-8888. Non-lawyer spokesperson. Responsible attorney Michael Rainwater and Bob Sexton. Waiting is no fun. Like when you're hungry, waiting for the microwave. Waiting for the light to turn green when you're running late. Come on, come on, come on. Or waiting for your notoriously unpunctual friend to arrive at the bar, even though she just texts you five minutes away. Sure you are. At the payroll company, we know waiting stinks, which is why we pride ourselves on fast replies to our clients, doing payroll right and on time each month, and answering questions quickly and efficiently. The payroll company. Less headaches, more than payroll. Visit morethanpayroll.com. Our care clinics are your hometown source for primary medical care. Our doctors, nurses, and counselors can help patients of all ages with anything from common colds and immunizations to depression, anxiety, and chronic diseases. Our network includes both mail order and local pharmacies to fulfill your prescriptions. If you don't have insurance, it's okay. We can help with that too. And no one is turned away. With more than 65 locations in Arkansas, there's a good chance we're in your hometown. Look us up at ourcare.net. Guadney Chevrolet is Arkansas's number one Chevy dealer. They've been in business 60-plus years with an award-winning sales and service staff. Give them a call at 501-982-2102 or shop them online at GuadneyChevrolet.com. At GuadneyChevrolet.com, you can check out their inventory of new and pre-owned vehicles. You can even appraise a vehicle on GuadneyChevrolet.com. See just how much your vehicle is worth. Guadney Chevrolet is given thousands over book value on trade-ins, and also you can sell a vehicle to Guadney Chevrolet. Check out the new Suburbans and Tahoes, along with Silverado, Blazer, Equinox, and my favorite, Malibu. Guadney Chevrolet also has convenient Saturday service hours from 7 a.m. till noon. So if you need to get a vehicle service, contact Guadney Chevrolet for that as well. Guadney Chevrolet is located off the Gregory Street exit in Jacksonville. It's Guadney Chevrolet, Arkansas's number one Chevy dealer. Guadney Chevrolet, GuadneyChevrolet.com. Get only the best customer service and the best selection of meats at Hogs Meat Market, where they have sliced boar's head deli meats and cheeses. Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. You're listening to Out of Bounds with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. Dean's going to throw, and it's intercepted at the 15. Spence has picked it off, and he's going to go the distance. 50. 40, 30, 20, 
Brad Spence to the house and intercepts in return for a score 85 yards in his first game as a Razorback. How about that? On 1037 The Buzz. Here on an easy Friday show, John Neighbors, Kyle Sutherland, in for Joe Franklin today. Is uh, we've been having a lot of discussions about Arkansas and Ole Miss, and uh, this uh, game happening at six o'clock in Oxford. Steve Sullivan will be joining us here in about fifteen minutes. Looking forward to catching up with him. Uh, but I did want to respond to something that Brent and Stuttgart brought up in the previous segment, and uh, something that's been going on a lot on social media and been making the circulations. I don't know if I don't know if the morning show talked about it or if even the Zone talked about it, but. Um, Basically what it was is that after the game uh, against Texas A&M when Arkansas lost, there was a student at the University of Arkansas who emailed Dan Enos on his official University of Arkansas email account. And if you're wondering how he got it, I guess it's something to where he found his email that was at Maryland and then used the same exact like so-and-so or Dan Enos at uark.edu or whatever just to see. And it ended up uh, being him because uh, the kid responded with, I just wanted you to know that I'm available to call fourth downs for y'all if you need it, and y'all don't need to have to pay me millions. What a disgrace. That's what the email said. Dan Enos then responded saying, what would you call? And the kid said, a QB sneak. This isn't hard, Dan. And he says, you're, and then uh, Dan Enos responds with, with Gap's defense, what a joke. You're so innovative. And then the kid responds with, I don't know if you know this, Dan, but a QB sneak with a 250-pound quarterback is hard to stop even if you know it's coming. Also, but also, but what you've been doing isn't working, if you didn't notice. He responds with, thanks, you should have been a coach. Then the guy responds with, maybe you should stop trying to be so innovative and get a first down. If I was coach, I would have just been as effective as you are. And then he responds with, Coach Eno says, you still have time, apply for some jobs, I'm sure you'll be great. So that was the whole conversation being had on social media. And people were saying, okay, that's fake because he was just screenshots and whatnot. Well, then hogbeat.com went and had an FOI, uh, or at least the Freedom of Information Act request, to see if the emails were actually sent from that email account, from Dan Enos' official email account, and confirmed that it was indeed Dan Enos sending those emails an hour and a half after the game ended against Texas A&M. Now... All of that to be said, that's just the story. And people have a lot of reactions to this as far as, okay, they hate it because of uh, Dan, it makes Dan Enos look bad, it makes the U of A look bad, coaches shouldn't be responding, blah, 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 whatever. I'm going to be very clear about all of this. If you disagree, fine. But I'm going to be very clear on my opinion on it. I do not give a rip. I do not care about Dan Enos sending emails to a student. I do not care. Because it doesn't matter about what emails are being sent or what tweets are being deactivated or anything like that. I said the same thing when Sam Pittman deleted his Twitter. I don't care. Because that has nothing to do with the success or the failures of the football program. Wins and losses have to do with that. And here's the thing. If... Arkansas was 4-1, and one, and their one loss was against A&M, and this kid sent that same email over to Dan Enos, and Dan Enos responded and sent the screenshots and everything. Almost all of you would either not care or be on Dan Enos' side and saying, yeah, this kid needs to shut up, whatever. But because Arkansas is losing, now you try to spin it into a major problem and the, and the, the, the programs and shambles and all this stuff. You, no. What it is is that Arkansas is losing and you want to be mad about something. Fans do this all the time. I've been guilty of this. When things are going wrong, when you start losing games in, in different ways and things become frustrating for all of us, we start to grab anything we possibly can to try to make it even worse on ourselves or on the program for change. That's what so many people try to do, and that's what's happening here with Danny and us. I think, this, the, I think it was wrong for the student to do something like that because I think it's dumb. I think it's dumb when you at players or at coaches – on Twitter, uh, if you got frustrations, vent them, but don't directly tag them in it. It's the same thing with emails. Don't email the coach. That's dumb. That's not a good move. I don't like it. You wouldn't like it if anybody emailed you about how much they hate you and how much you suck at your job and how much you're a disgrace 
at your job. Even if it's even if you're going through a tough time, if you're struggling, you won't want to see that. I wouldn't want to see that. All right, but to send this email and then when Dan Enos responds to those emails, you come out and you're saying like, "Oh, Dan Enos, he's ter- he's terrible for this." No, he's not. I am actually on Dan Enos' side on this stuff. Now, if he's lashing out at the fans for whatever reason on social media and in a public forum, no. But if someone's sending me a personal email calling me a disgrace, and especially after a game, and especially when I want to win and all that. Like I'm respond, I probably would respond too. And if I didn't respond, I don't have anybody having an issue with responding. I just think it's so absurd that this is the stuff that gets thrown out there with headlines and whatnot. It's the same absurdity that was happening when Houston Nutt was around. Like, if you have an issue with Sam uh, Sam Pittman or Danny Nuss, whatever, fine. Call into this show, text into this show, email this show if you would like to. We can do that. We can have some fun with that. But when you're actually doing it to a coach directly, it's embarrassing. You have embarrassed yourself. And it has no bearing on what's going on with the University of Arkansas. I have zero problem with Dan Enos. If, even if I've been saying Dan Enos has been struggling, he's not been doing a good job right now. We all know that. We all see that. But for, on this particular thing, I'm on Team Enos. Like, you can't have it both ways. You can't have it where Sam Pittman deletes his Twitter and you call him soft and terrible because you deleted your Twitter. But then when a coach actually responds, the criticism gets thrown his way. Oh, it's just, you can't do that. This is a bad look. You can't have it both ways. But at the end of the day, none of this matters. Wins and losses. That's the only thing I care about coaches. Are you winning or are you losing? Is your offense good or is your offense bad? Is your defense good or is your defense bad? Is your recruiting good or is your recruiting bad? Those are the things that I'll base my opinions and my critiques on coaches. I do not care if they respond to emails. That's, this is just the dumbest thing I've seen in a while. And trust me, we've seen some dumb stuff happen at Arkansas. But that's, the end of, that, that's my rant on that. I know that people have their own thoughts on it, but... I just think it's way overblown. It's so dumb, and it doesn't need to be a story at all. And whatsoever. it was almost like just the it was the whole thing was was pretty comical to me. But it's not like there were any. I mean, I, I guess you could say there were insults thrown, depending on what you define as it. But it was a mostly just him, Enos responding, in somewhat of a joking yeah. manner, just like to try to get you know. It, it wasn't anything that was like hostile per se. No, no, he was just kind of laughing. I'm like, I think he was looking at the absurdity that a kid is emailing right. him about how bad he is at his job. I we don't it. even 100% know that it was him personally. Yes, yeah. it was his email. We don't even know that it was him personally responding to that. could have you know, been a, one of his kids. And again, I'm not saying it was anybody else, but yeah. we don't know that it was him. Yeah, my thing is, is I don't care. I do not care. Wins and losses is the only thing I care about when it comes to my coaches, not who they're emailing and, and when they get criticism thrown their way. Either way. We're up against it. we got to take a break. When we come back, Steve Sullivan will join us. We'll keep it moving here on the Easy Friday Show on Out of Bounds. So stay with us. Facility Maintenance Services presents Belinda Mayo when she joins Morning Mayhem each Thursday morning. Serving Central Arkansas, Facility Maintenance Services. We don't cut corners. We clean them. This year, we considered hiring an ad agency to help with our marketing. They pitched impressive visuals and a script that was inspiring. And exotic animal mascots to help grab your attention. 